interpreters. Amen. And uh, if we need one tonight, please let us know. Amen. Psalms 55, verses 4 through 8. And then we'll be going to Galatians chapter 6. Psalms 55. Amen. Very thankful. Amen. For all of our guests that are here tonight. Amen. We want you to feel welcome at Apostolic Faith Tabernacle. Amen. We have, amen, a great, uh, a great host of witnesses of what God has done in their lives. Praise God. And um, I can tell you without any doubt that if you need deliverance, God will deliver you. Amen. If you want deliverance, amen, God will deliver you. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and uh, I, have seen, I have seen many people delivered from cigarettes, alcohol, drugs, amen, from uh, illicit living, immorality, praise God. Amen. Thank God. I said thank God for the church. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God for it. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Psalms chapter 55, verse 4. My heart is sore pained within me, and the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me. Horror hath overwhelmed me. And I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. Lo, then would I wander off and remain in the wilderness, Selah. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Verse 22, cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee, and he shall never suffer the righteous to be moved, but thou, O God, shall bring them down into the pit of destruction. Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in thee. Praise God. Amen. Kind of a sobering uh, passage of scripture of a man uh, that David that wrote this passage of Psalms uh, that he was very. I guess, down in his spirit at this point. Galatians chapter 6 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Praise God. Let's ask God to help us tonight. God, I thank you, Lord, for your word. God, I thank you for your people here tonight. God, I thank you, Lord, because I can lift my voice to you. God, that I can give you praise and glory. God, I thank you, Lord, tonight, God, for the deliverance of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, God, that you still deliver. Hallelujah. God, for the power of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus Christ. God, I praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Praise God, praise God. Amen, amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. This has been in my spirit today. Amen. That uh, there's many times in life that we carry a burden. And uh, it seems that uh, sometimes life has a way of, of uh, causing the burden to uh, magnify itself. And so we have to to make sure that we are uh, taking that burden and giving it to the Lord according to the Word of God and not just taking things upon ourselves. Sometimes there's burdens that are uh, temporary burdens that we deal with. and Sometimes we have burdens of life that are very uh, permanent, if you please. And uh, so we cannot... We cannot ignore those things, but we, we most certainly can live for God, amen, and have victory in our walk with God. Aren't you thankful for that? Amen. amen. Praise God. Uh, we read here uh, this, this, this opening uh, passage of Scripture in Psalms. Uh, we find that life imposes upon us seemingly insurmountable mountains of trial or pressure. Uh, our, our body is made up in such a way that uh, we, are a, we, we have pressure from the inside to withstand pressure from the outside. And uh, the Holy Ghost is what gives us uh, spiritually that equalizing pressure from the pressures of the world that may be on the outside. The Holy Ghost gives us that internal uh, spiritual pressure to balance out those things that would try to crush us spiritually. Amen. It's very important that we recognize that the Holy Ghost is that balance that God not only gives us for deliverance and for the resurrection power, amen, but the Holy Ghost gives us that ability, amen, to live for God. Hallelujah. To live life. Oh, thank God. Amen. I don't want to live life according to the world with the ups and downs of problems all the time. Amen. But I want to live according to the Spirit. Amen. When you live according to the Spirit, you're going to reap the benefits of living for God. Hallelujah. You go ahead and live according to your flesh and you're going to reap the benefits of living to your flesh. Amen. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is what? Death. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to have, amen, that walk with God, that I am living for God, I'm serving God, amen, and I won't look back. Praise God. Don't look back. Hallelujah. Amen. Keep on looking straight forward. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I can remember uh, as a boy, uh, and I, uh, my grandpa always had boats, and, and uh, me and my dad didn't always have a boat, but many times we would go with my grandpa, and I would, 
say, Grandpa, I want to steer the boat. And uh, we would be trolling along for fish and, and have our fishing poles in the water and the lures trailing out behind us. And if you've ever trolled, you know that you just can't get crazy on where you're going because you'll have your lines all tangled up. And uh, I would talk my grandpa into letting me steer the boat. And uh, he, would, he, he became agitated quite easily. And uh, that's, that's a story for another day. But he would tell me, he would say, Nathan, if you're going to go in a straight line, you've got to fix your eyes on a far distant uh, uh, object in the horizon and steer towards that. Or he said, you're going to be all over the place. And in life, amen, if you don't have your eyes on Jesus Christ, uh, amen, you're just all over the place. Amen. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. That way I know where I'm going. Amen. I know how I'm going to get there. Amen. And I'm not going to look back. I got to keep straight forward, keep my eyes fixed on the prize. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. The darkness of night cannot hide us from the seeking hand of life's burdens. Job 3, verses 1 through 10. But God has a pre-planned, pre-written, time-tested formula for handling life's burdens. How many knows that God has a pre-planned, pre-written, time-tested formula? Praise God. Applying his principles makes life's burdens manageable. Praise God. I said manageable. Sometimes, you heard me say that sometimes burdens are long-lasting or they might be for a lifetime. But you know what? God gives us the grace. And we're going to get to that here in just a minute. So, we find here that this word burden that we read in Galatians chapter 6 comes from the Greek word baros, which means weight, Load, abundance, something making a demand on our material and spiritual reserves. Uh, we, we find here that if there is a brother or a sister who is overwhelmed by a burden or a spiritual failure, many types of burdens cause God's children uh, to be downcast, weak, lukewarm, and unfaithful. Uh, the reason why we have to look at these things is because uh, the devil would like for us to pick up things that don't belong to us. The devil would like for you to, to attach things to, you, to your walk with God that don't belong to the church. How many is with me here tonight? He'll try to make you think that it's your fault because something has happened. And it's not the church's fault at all. It's just because people have lived according to their own lust and they're having problems and it's affecting us. But what we have to do is say, okay, while it might be affecting us, I'm going to still live for God. I'm going to still walk with God. I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm not stopping uh, doing what I need to do and what I must do. I've got to keep on keeping on. I've got to keep the main thing the main thing. Well, praise God, I've got to keep Jesus Christ front and center in my life. 
Don't get your eyes off Jesus. Peter, when he, when he saw Jesus coming on the water in the storm, the Bible says they were afraid. They said, it's a ghost. <laughs> it was the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. <laughs> he said, it's a ghost. <laughs> he said, no, it's not a ghost. He said, who is it? Jesus said, it's me. And Peter says, well, if it's really you, Jesus, bid me come. And uh, Jesus said, well, come on, what's stopping you? And Peter stepped out on the water and started walking on the water. Think about that. He defied the laws of gravity, the things that were put in place by God. And he stepped out of his boat and into the storm, but he began to walk upon the top of the storm. How many is with me here right now? You know, Jesus Christ is right in your storm. Jesus Christ is walking on the water in the things that you're dealing with. And sometimes we're, we're like, God, where are you at? And God's right there the whole time. And, and you say, God, if it's really you, bid me come. And God's saying, come on, let go of the boat. Come on, I'm right here in your storm. You can walk on the water. Oh, how many believe that tonight? You can walk on the water. You can walk on top of your storm. Praise God. Amen. God doesn't want you to be overcome by the storm. He wants you to have victory over the storm. Amen. Many types of burdens cause God's children to be downcast, weak, Lukewarm, unfaithful. Upon observing and discerning such conditions, we are to get under the burden with the person in need and help him or her bear it. Everybody in here, we have brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. If you have a family uh, in the church, I'm talking about married and have children. Amen. You are keenly aware of someone's burden or need or weakness or and you know what you got to do is encourage them help them amen build them up praise God amen I don't know about you but edification is something that uh, the world knows nothing about it knows how to tear down uh, somebody told me that they have some sort of a, a, a gossip column on Facebook for Reno County and I thought to myself, thank God I'm not on that trash. Amen. I don't need to read about everybody's problems and what's going on. I don't want to know what's going on. You say, oh, pastor, you need to know what's going on. Oh, no, I don't. I've got enough to worry about without worrying about who's doing what. Hallelujah. Amen. There's no apostolic that should be on Facebook worrying about what everybody else is doing. You ought to be putting Acts 2.38 Amen. You ought to be putting Acts 4 and 12. Amen. You ought to be putting on there what it takes to be saved. See how long you stay on Facebook. Praise God. Amen. You ought to get your face in the book. Amen. Praise God. I don't have time for gossip. 
Somebody asked me if I knew something about another church. And I tell them, oh, I'm not on Facebook. I tell them I'm way out of the loop. And then I told them, I said, I don't want to know either. have to ask me how I feel about Facebook. Amen. Just just listen to me preach. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. I don't care if you like it or not. So, we cannot handle everything alone. We need a strong support system from each other. We ought to be supporting each other. Strengthen each other. Encourage one another. Build one another up. Uh, have, have good words. Talk to, uh, talk to each other. Communicate. Amen. I'm talking about brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. What's happening in Pratt? Amen. The communication, I think, has been great. Amen. They say, if you want to know what's going on, you can get part of the group meeting. Amen. It probably won't last very long after that. Uh, but praise God, there's revival happening. In pre- That's the kind of stuff I want to hear about. I want to hear about people getting healed. I want to hear about people getting the Holy Ghost. I want to hear about, oh yes, I know there's those burdens out there and there's those problems. Uh, amen. But can I tell you about Jesus Christ? Uh, can I tell you about what God's going to do in your life uh, if you'll serve him? Praise God. I'm going to serve God. In the church, there should be strong familial ties, brotherhood, camaraderie, and a feeling that we are our brother's keeper. I am my brother's keeper. I am concerned about my brother. Amen. If, if my brother's doing good, I'm going to encourage him to do better. Say, man, you went that far. I bet you can do greater things than that. So we're talking about bearing burdens here tonight. Occasionally we will need to help. We will, we will need help, but we will also have the resources to help others. We will, withhold, will we withhold good when it's in the power of our hand to do good? There's a passage of Scripture in Judges chapter 5, verse 23. It talks about a people by the name of Meros. And... They were cursed because they did not come to the aid of God's people when they needed it. God cursed them. The men of God cursed them. And he said, curse you, Meros, because you refused to help in the time of need. I'm going to tell you right now, brothers and sisters, that we are our brother's keeper. That if someone needs help, help them out. Amen. You say, well, everybody's always asking for money. I'm not talking about money right now. I'm talking about help them pray. I'm talking about help them uh, uh, get them to the house of God. Uh, I'm talking about fasting with them. I'm talking about spiritual things right now at this juncture. Amen. Is that we need to be our brother's keeper. Well, praise God. Praise God. Amen. Uh, there's, there's several passages of scripture 
that point out our personal responsibilities towards one another. Romans 15 and 1 says, The strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 14 says, We are to support the weak. Amen. You say, what does that mean? That means to encourage them. Say, come on, live for God. Amen. You see someone struggling in their walk with God, don't beat them over the head and say, you stupid thing, what are you doing that for? Say, come on, brother, you can make it. You can live for God. Amen. You can do the things that God's called you to do. God's called you unto to, to, to good things, not to wrath. Not God's not appointed us unto wrath, but God's appointed us, uh, amen, to do his will. Amen. Praise God. Uh, Psalms 38 and 4 says, David's iniquities were as a heavy burden to him. Romans 12 and 15 says, we are to weep with those that weep. Uh, in, the prodigal of the par- of the pro- in the parable of the prodigal, prodigal son, excuse me, Jesus rebuked the elder's brother's wrong attitude towards his brother. Well, what's he getting all the royal treatment for? He's the one that left, and I'm the one that stayed and was faithful. How many, how many knows when God ran? How many remember me preaching this? You know when God ran is when the backslider came back to church. God ran to that prodigal son. The father ran to that prodigal son. That's a direct reference of how God feels about those who have left and have come, or that are coming back or have come back. Is God ran? They, they have the equal pay. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Though a good person falls, he will not be utterly cast down. You know, just because someone makes a mistake, it's not our job to beat them over the head with their mistake. Amen. Encourage. I, I try to tell people, you know, they're, if they're good at something, I try to encourage. Man, you did a really good job doing that. That's, that's, there's some of you can do. Some of you men can do beautiful work on stuff. Uh, some of you ladies know how to make cakes and and uh, do all sorts of sew and and. Uh, there's there's wonderful things. Some of you crochet stuff. I guess it's crocheting. Uh, Sister Martha makes the little scrubbies and all that. I used another one last night. Sister, praise God. <laughs> and uh, and I thought to myself, you know what? There's 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 so many things that people can do with their hands. And you know, you say, well, how how does that benefit somebody in the kingdom of God? Amen. We'll take them take them one and give it to them. Amen. Encourage somebody. I took somebody a watermelon yesterday. Didn't know him. Person I went to see wasn't there. Then I said, well, here, since he's not here, you can have this. And his eyes, he said, well, thank you. And I said, tell him that I was here, but I said, eat it. Help him eat it. And, uh, and, and you know, there's, there's a lot of things you can do for somebody. Praise God. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Lift somebody up. You know how it makes somebody feel when you when you do something for them? Man, it builds them up. They're like, wow. Uh, there, there's a lot of things in life that weigh on people. Right now, they say in the United States of America, I don't know about the rest of the world, but they say in our country, right here in the United States, that there is more suicide than there has ever been uh, for a long time. Maybe in recent history. Why is that? Uh Number one, there are spirits in this world that will try to convince you to take your life. You need to rebuke those spirits. 
Amen. You need to come against that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You need to, I promise you, if that type of spirit is, is attacking your mind, you need to get down here to the church and pray. You need to come to the house of God. You need to come to church. You need to worship God. You need to pray until you shake that spirit off. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's not God's will that any would perish. God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Amen. You say, you say is suicide wrong, Pastor Carricker? Well, you know, the Bible doesn't just come out and just say, Thou shalt not kill yourself. But the Bible says, Thou shalt not murder. And that includes yourself. Amen. There's a lot of people that are still alive in this world that are hurting because someone took their life. And maybe it's happened to someone in here. I pray not. But if it has, amen, God will help you. God will lift you up. God will somehow heal that hurt that's in your heart. Because it's a real thing that we're dealing with right now, real time. God doesn't want anybody to go through that pain. Amen. Amen. The other part, the other part of that, of that, terrible, terrible act is that it is spiritually final for you. This is real sobering. I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'll just say it. I don't, I don't talk about it a lot across the pulpit, but you've got to fight against that spirit. God wants to help you. If you're, if you're dealing with those things in your life, God wants to help you. Oh, God. Amen. And those burdens that you may feel, amen, the church is here to help you with it. Amen. There's people in this church that, that are able to pray with you and, and, and the church will fast for you and the church, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost and it'll, it'll cast out that old spirit uh, that tries to torment your mind. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. We live in, a, in a, the, the most connected society of the world. This, this society that we live in right now, right here in the United States, we are the most connected, yet the most lonely people because there's no personal interaction. Sister Cheryl, don't take offense at this, but these masks, I understand why you're wearing it. I, I get it. I, I, I know. I know. It don't bother me. You know, if I need to wear one, I'll wear one. But these masks that people wore for so long, it caused psychological uh, issues because uh, God intended for us to see each other's faces, not look at eyeballs. Amen. He was, you know, you know how they, 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 they do sign language? Well, when they're doing sign language, they're also saying it with their mouth while they're doing it. And the reason for that is because there's a lot of hearing impaired people that they can, they can look at your lips while you're signing and they can read your lips while you're signing. And, and facial expression has a lot to do. Hey Amen. I can look at you with my eyes and you don't know whether I'm smiling, whether my mouth is a straight line.
God wants us to have some interaction. God doesn't want us to frown all the time. God wants us to smile. You know, there's that, that worldly song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Everybody kind of chuckles at it when you say, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Well, you know something? There's a whole lot of good about being happy. Worry is not the will of God. When you're worrying about something, you're paying interest on something that hasn't even happened. You say, oh, pastor, it has happened. Well, you know what? You need to start praying about it instead of worrying about it. Take, you say it's a person, take them and put them right there on the altar and say, okay, God, whatever it takes, whatever it takes to save them, whatever it takes to deliver them, whatever it takes for, uh, for them to have deliverance, God, we want that for them. And start praying. Hallelujah. I know that prayer can change things. I know that prayer can make it. If you'll pray, I, amen, I know that prayer will make a difference. Well, praise God. So when we bear one another's burdens, we fulfill one of the highest principles of the scripture known as the law of Christ. So Isaiah 53 and 6, it says, On him was laid the iniquities of us all. Can you imagine all the iniquities, just all the sins of, the, of this body of people right here being laid upon one person? You think about how you feel when you've sinned and committed iniquity and wrongdoings. Can you imagine all that being piled on one man? And Jesus Christ bore our iniquities. Why did he do that? He was very considerate. Being considerate of someone means that you are thinking ahead and that you are putting them ahead of yourself. And, and you, you think about this, God was thinking way down the road to us. He was saying, you know, this person, amen, I see them in 2022. You say, Pastor, you say that a lot because that's the way God is. That when he went to the cross, he didn't do it just to, for a show. He did it to remit our sins. The blood of Jesus was shed so that we could have remission of sins. When we get baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins, when the blood and the soldier put the spear in the side of Jesus and blood and water flowed out, it's significant of water baptism in Jesus' name. That when you are buried with him in baptism, that's where the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. The Bible says that Baptism is the answer of a good conscience towards God. Sometimes our conscience gets so heavy with sin and problems that only the blood of Jesus can bring us out of that. You say, well, I can only get baptized once, but the blood of Jesus can cleanse you many times. Excuse me, the blood of Jesus 
amen, can take those sins, amen, and cleanse you from your sins. That's what repentance is for, that I'm dying daily every day. I'm going to pray. I'm going to get rid of these burdens. I'm not going to carry around these things I don't have to carry. And repentance is turning from sin. Go in the opposite direction. The things that cause us to sin, when we repent, that means not only do we shed tears, ask God to forgive us verbally, but we have to turn from that sin and not do it anymore. Amen. Praise God. Luke chapter 15 says he seeks the one Lost sheep when it goes astray. The one lost sheep. The Bible says that the shepherd left the 90 and 9 to find the one lost one. And you think about that. That shepherd could have the attitude, you know, that sheep shouldn't have got lost. Because I lead them and I, but you know what? He didn't have that attitude. He went and found that one lost sheep. And he put it on his shoulders. Think about this. Is that the shepherd of our soul, when he finds us, he doesn't, you know, sometimes my crazy dog, she'll run off. And I tell her, Nellie, I'm going to put that shot collar back on you. But if she comes back, I thump her on the head. I yank her ear. You say, why do you do that? Because... I'm ready to leave. And she's out running around. She's lost. But you know what? The Bible doesn't say that shepherd went over there. And, Where have you been? No. It says he picked him up. I won't pick you up. <laughs> Solid stock of swords and trooper. <laughs> it says he picked him up, put him on his shoulder, and came back rejoicing. Saying, hey, I found that one lost sheep that was lost. Rejoice with me. Hey, it's time to rejoice because the shepherd tonight is saying, hey, is there anybody lost here tonight? I want to pick you up. I want to bring you back into the fold. Oh, hallelujah. You ought to clap your hands and thank God that he is our shepherd. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Man, that, that makes me excited that I know I serve a God, a man who is looking for me. He went looking for me. He went looking for me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, we're to bear other people's burdens. Everyone shall bear his own burden. So, we find here that there's three requirements that are demanded of us if we are going to be his disciples. How many wants to be a disciple of Christ? I want to be a disciple of Christ. Now, the root word of discipline is disciple. Okay? How many knows what a root word is? A root word is a word that we build other words off of. And so discipline is the, the, the word disciples, right in the middle of that word discipline, 
And it means that if we are going to be a disciple of Christ, we're going to discipline ourselves in living for God. It says we are to deny ourselves. What do we deny ourselves? Worldly pleasures. Things that are not the will of God. Things that will keep us from doing the work of God. That we know that we have got to, to discipline ourselves. If you see someone, uh, things that uh, pertain to us on an everyday life uh, of, of lifestyle is that if you see someone that loses a lot of weight, it's because they have disciplined themselves. What they eat, how they exercise. How many is with me here right now? And so there's a, there's a discipline process that is happening. So Jesus said you have to deny yourself. This is in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. You can put that on the board, Brother Marshall. It says we are to deny ourselves. We are to take up our cross daily. What is our cross? It's not, our cross is not bearing the cross of Jesus Christ, but it is what our responsibilities are to live for God every day. How many is with me right now? Amen. When we see people going across the United States bearing a cross, that's not what Jesus was talking about, to take up a cross and follow him. Amen. We have responsibilities in living for God that we personally have to take care of, amen, in order to live for God. Amen. And that's every day I wake up that I am going to do what is right, I'm going to do what is honest. I'm going to make sure that my words are nice and sweet. I'm going to make sure that my, my lifestyle that I'm living is representative of Jesus Christ. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And we are to follow Jesus Christ. We have a responsibility to use the talents that God gives us. Amen. Everybody in here, when you got the Holy Ghost, God give you a talent. Some of you, God gave more, gave more than just one. Is that right? Turn to Matthew chapter 25. This is too good to pass up. Matthew chapter 25. We find Jesus teaching his disciples by parables. Verse 14 says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling in a far country who called his servants, his own servants, and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two and to another one, to every man according to his several ability and straightway took his journey. It doesn't matter if someone has one talent ability or five talent ability. You hearing me? It doesn't matter whether it's one, two, or five. What matters is, is that you take your talent and you use it for God. Don't hide your talent. 
Don't say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait for someone else to step up. Man, I can remember in school, the gym teacher said, I need five volunteers. Man, I was one of the first ones, my hand in the air. Sometimes I didn't know what I was getting myself into. But you know what? I wanted, I, hey, if there was something going to happen, I wanted to be one of the first ones on it. I was excited about it. That's, that's just, just the way it was. And uh, uh, so what we have to do is when we're given talents, we've got to use it for God. If God says, hey, uh, I want you to do this, say, yes, Lord, I'm, I'm willing. I'm willing to do it. I'm ready to do it. I, I want my hand to be ready to every good work. Praise God. So we find here that he, that he went on a journey and he came back. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoned with him. Verse 20, and so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents. He that brought two, he brought two more. And then we find the one, it says that I knew that thou were a hard man, verse 24, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not straw, strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. And lo, there thou hast, that is thine. That God, I haven't used that talent. I haven't touched that talent. I hid it so when you come back, I'm going to give it back to you. You know what? It made that man so mad. He said, I'm going to take your talent away and give it to the one with five. If that's all it meant to you, you're done. Oh, that's what the word of God tells us. And so it doesn't matter how many talents we're given we have a responsibility to use those talents. You say, what is that? It's that burden that God places upon you. You need to bear your burden and live in for God. And say, you know something? I'm not shirking my responsibility of living for God. I am living for God. Well, praise the Lord. Now, Numbers chapter 4, verse 15, and you can read this when you get home, but... In the tabernacle, the Levites had certain burdens and services they were, were, they were to render to God and the people. The Kohathites, uh, the Merarites, and the, I forget the other one. But the Kohathites, they're the guys that carried all the furniture. The Merarites, they were the ones that tore down the tabernacle and hauled it. Think about this. That's, that's their whole life from the time they were 30 years old to 50 years old. <coughs> that was their job. That when the, when, the, when the Spirit of God began to move, when that pillar of cloud began to move or the pillar of fire began to move, that they would, they would start tearing down the tabernacle, they would pick up the furniture, they would drape the cloths over, and that's, that was their duty their whole life. Think about that. Pretty exciting, isn't it? No, I mean, it, that was what God had called them to do. And you know something? The point of that passage of Scripture for us today under the new covenant is that in living for God, there's going to be some days that it might feel like you're just picking up the load to carry it again. But you know what you have to do is you've got to allow the Spirit of God to fall upon you. 
the Spirit of God to renew you and that you're going to keep on doing the task that God has called you to do. That God, if you've called me to lead someone, I remember my dad, amen, uh, he was the only, you song leaders have it easy. You, you musicians have it easy today. Sister Elder played seven nights a week and Sunday morning for revival. And my dad sang seven nights a week and Sunday morning for revival. You know what? I never heard my dad complain once. I saw my dad drinking tea one time with honey. And I said, hot tea. He liked cold tea. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm getting my voice back. He said, my voice is leaving me. He said, I'm drinking some hot tea and honey so it soothes my vocal cords. One time the doctor looked at his throat. He was having a little trouble. And he said, what in the world do you do for a living, Jack? He said, well, I'm a draftsman. He said, what? He said, I, I, I draw. I do engineering, engine, uh, drawings for engineers, and, and I'm, the, I'm the draftsman. And he says, what in the world are your vocal cords? He said, it looks like you're a singer. He said, well, I am at church. He said, I sing almost every night. <laughs> Praise God. But he shouldered the burden. He, you, you say, well, why wasn't there anybody else? Because when the church was small, there was nobody else to sing. Pastor Elder used to sing, preach, pray people through. And as, as people started getting in the church, he started delegating responsibility, just like we do now. Thank God for the church. Say, hey, you need to teach a Sunday school class. You need to get in the choir. You need to lead souls. You need, hey, you need to do something besides warm a bench. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't, don't ask what my church can do for me. Ask what you can do for your church. Well, praise God. Amen. One other president said, speak softly and carry a big stick. Pray always with all prayer and supplication. Amen. Make sure you got the sword of the spirit. You say, what's the sword of the Spirit for? Cut off devil's heads. Right. Right. Hallelujah. Right. Praise God. So, I'm going to read this to you. We're going to move on. No one can go to church in our place. There's no one that can fill our place in prayer, fasting, finances, altar work, personal witnessing. Each church needs many kinds and types of workers. Why not make our services available to our local church? Great needs exist for people to be janitors, cut the grass, trim the shrubs, clean the baptistry, tend the nursery, teach Sunday school, drive buses, clean windows, cook, clean the parking lot, change light bulbs, sing in the choir, paint, decorate, do plumbing, electrical, carpentry work, run the sound system. Waiting for a big amen back there from Brother Marshall. <laughs> you know, some of you young guys have said you want to learn how to do the, the, all that sound system back there and, and 
Brother, Brother Manchi and Brother Marshall, every time they come to church before they ever start messing around with the computers or anything else, they're up here changing mic covers. They're up here doing everything that the preliminaries is what I call it. And that's something that all you young guys, maybe one of you young ladies could start helping them do all those things. Praise God. Uh, visit the sick, visit the shut-ins, the elderly, type. We still have a typist. You know how to type, right? Do you know how to run that old typewriter? Praise God. Most people wouldn't even know how to put the paper in it. I could type 40 words a minute on the old, uh, I forget what kind we had now. What was it? Play in the orchestra. We have a band, whatever you want to call it. So does the list ever end? There are so many things you could do in the kingdom of God. Man, we need people at that greeter station that is full of the Holy Ghost and has big Holy Ghost smile on their face greeting our guests when they come in and say, man, I am so glad you're at Apostolic Faith Tabernacle. Praise God. Hallelujah. You can do so much for God. And the devil tells you, oh, well, you're not worthy. Well, who is worthy? Jesus Christ is worthy. Praise God. Amen. I work for him. He don't work for me. Praise God. We will never be happy if we're not involved. You need to get involved. Yes, these are burdens, and that is what the Bible calls it. But do we want to sail through life on someone else's money, work, labor? Deep inside, we don't. Something in each of us longs to do our part and bear our own burden. I challenge you to get involved and put your hand to the plow. Never look back and do with all your might what your hand finds to do. Now, this last burden that we're going to talk about tonight is casting our burdens upon the Lord. Praise God. I'm trying to hurry. Uh, I, I try to judge my time by the sun. So as long as there's daylight, amen, I know we're good. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't have a clock up here today. Amen. Not even a cell phone. So, we started this out in Psalms 55. It says to cast your burden upon the Lord. How many has burdens that you feel like you need to place upon God? It says, he shall sustain thee. Now, there's times where I, I come to this church, and I just, I just sit down, and I, and I want to cry, and I can't cry. And, and so, I just, I just kind of talk to God. And if you heard me praying, you'd say, well, I wonder who pastor's talking to. Well, I'm talking to God. Prayer's not always a, a worship session, nor is it always weeping and crying, but it can also be a make your request known unto God. The Bible does say the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And so there's different types of prayer, but there's times where you need to talk to God. 
It says, the Lord shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. So obviously the two types of burden we've already studied are not to be cast upon the Lord. Those are things that we are required to do. To help bear another person's burden, to bear our own burden. But here it says that we should cast our burden upon the, upon the Lord. This burden comes from the Hebrew word yehab, which means what is given by providence and ascribed to us as our lot or burden. So <clears throat> these burdens that we are talking about sometimes uh, can, uh, can make us unhappy, tormented, or bitter if we are not careful. To avoid this, we must cast these burdens upon the Lord. In this category of burdens, there are sicknesses, diseases, death of loved ones, tragedy, loss of limbs, hearing or sight, financial disaster, broken homes, wayward children, a child with uh, special needs or serious illness, persecution, incapacitating injuries, and the list goes on. And so we have to understand that these burdens are definitely something that we deal with every day. Every one of us have something that we deal with. You say, well, pastor, I don't. You give life long enough and you will. How many is with me here? Some of these children, thank God, they're children. Every one of these children, these young ladies are growing up, they're coming into adulthood, but I'm talking about these little babies back here, clear up to the age of seven, eight years old. Let them be kids. Let them get filled with the Holy Ghost, but don't put unnecessary burdens upon them. Don't, don't allow them to become uh, wise beyond their years. You need Everybody in here needs to go home and listen to something. You ought to listen to Brother Booker preach on barbarism and the 20th century. Not barbarianism, barbarism. And I'm not talking about haircutting. But you ought to go home and listen to it. You can Google it and it'll come up on, it, it's, a, it's a YouTube audio, it's not a video. And listen to it. And he, he talks about how things happened years ago and how it's coming back into our society. How that children, by the time they were 8, 9, and 10 years old, they had become uh, not just eunuchs, but they had become slaves of all type of immorality, even clear back into Caesar's time. And it, it caused society to become a horrible place to live because there were no children. Think about that a minute. Think about if there was no children in here. It would be a place that would be dying. And, and so uh, he, he made mention during that message that he, uh, at Christmas time, he was in this drug house. This was B.C. before he got into church. And he was so messed up into drugs, and they were in at Denver, Colorado. And he said there was this 10-year-old kid sitting at a, at a table. And he said, man, have you ever heard about Jesus Christ? And he said that kid just sat there and looked at him. 
And the, and the child, 10-year-old child said to him, said, get real, mister. Because that, that boy had been exposed to so much immorality and so many drugs. And he said that his, he had the thousand-yard stare. During World War I, uh, they, they didn't call it PTSD back then, but the bombs were so intense and the, the fear so great in those trenches that the soldiers, they would, they would mentally snap. And they, they would stare out across, and there was like a thousand yards between the trenches, and they would stare out across there because they knew that they could not leave their post, but their minds and their spirit had already checked out. And he said that's what happens to children who are not allowed to be children. And it's happening in our world today Parents take their children and place them in front of television and they watch people get their brains blown out with guns and they, they watch people, uh, uh, all types of, of immorality and, and, and sexual perversion that they have to see on a television and kids when they come to church they just sit there with a thousand yard stare because they've never felt the power of God before and they've never experienced someone that loves him. I want to tell you something church it's time for us to stand up and be the church and say that we are going to pick up the cross. We're going to follow Jesus Christ. Hey man we're going to allow the power of the Holy Ghost to work in our families and we're going to bear those burdens. It's a little bit quiet in here tonight. Thank God for our children. Let them be children. Don't place burdens on them that they don't need to carry when they're little bitty. Amen. Protect them from your technological devices. Well, that went over. You say, Pastor, what about technology? I'll tell you what. Is that if you give your if you give your child a phone, you better make sure it's locked down so tight that they can't get into anything. Should have been everybody in here and said, amen, pastor. And you know what? The children aren't the one that have their own password either. Oh, well, I've got my phone locked down, pastor, and I know the password. You don't have nothing locked down. Well, that got kind of quiet. Mom and dad, you ought to have the passwords. Well, you won't hear this preaching downtown, but I don't care what they preach down there. I'm telling you what we preach in this church is you better make sure your children are protected, amen, from all the trash of this world that will, that will infiltrate them as quickly as it can. You say, oh, well, I can't figure that out. That's an excuse. You figure everything else out. You can make your phone do backflips. It's really quiet in here right now. You say, well, my kids, they, they, they throw a fit. Well, 
You know the rest of that story too. I'd take a hammer to their phone and say, you're never getting a phone as long as you live in my house. You say, Pastor, you're mean. Oh, no, I'm not mean. I'm telling you, there's no child in here that should have to see pornography. There's no adult in here that should have to see pornography. Amen, Pastor. Nobody should have to see that. You say, why? Because it'll destroy your soul. If you don't think it won't destroy your soul, look at the condition of our nation today because of it. Thank God they overturned Roe versus Wade. Amen. Thank God that our nation, I, I pray that there's a revival in our nation of the morals. Uh, amen. But I hope it's not too late. Amen. The Bible says, thou shalt not murder. And it doesn't matter if someone's in the womb or out of the womb. Amen. Don't murder. And you say, Pastor, I've done that. Ask God to forgive you and don't do it no more. Man, I was, I was over at Wichita at the exploration place and they had that guy that, how many saw that? They took the whole, that guy took the whole human body apart. Nervous system, everything. It was amazing. And he had every type of human body. And you say, We're, and the reason why he's not in the United States no more, they, they figured out that he was, he, in, in Malaysia, he was taking prisoners from Malaysia and dissecting their bodies without any but their permission. And so he's not in the U.S. anymore. They kicked him out. And it, it was amazing. But he had taken little fetuses of, of unborn babies and they were, they were in these jars in some type of formaldehyde or something to, to preserve them. And I got to looking at those little babies real close and every one of them had a hole in the back of their head that was ripped open. And my blood went cold when I saw that. And I said, oh, God, those are aborted fetuses. And it made, it made my heart hurt when I saw that. And our nation has, has, has totally forgot God. You say, Pastor, you shouldn't talk about that in the pulpit. Uh, in case you, the world's talking about it so much. Amen. Your children, are, they are not safe in this world. And so we're... In the homes, you ought to be telling your children, we don't kill at any time. Amen. We don't do that. Uh, this world is not teaching their children, so we've got to teach our children. We're the counterculture against that church. Praise God. 
And if you have, and, and, and the, the sad fact of it is there's people in the church that may have had abortions. You know what? God will forgive you for that. Put it under the blood. Amen. It's not something that we're going to hold over your head and, and beat you up over. Amen. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for forgiveness. Thank God. Amen. But you know what? When we come to a knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sin. Don't go back to it. Don't do it no more. Praise God. And so these are some of the burdens that we have to carry day in, day out. And you know what we have to do? Is there some of you that you have familial, family problems? You know what you have to do? Say, okay, God, here's this burden today. I'm going to put it on you because I can't carry this today. I'm not going to carry this today. Your word says I can cast this care upon you. I can put this burden upon you. Well, praise the Lord. I hope this is helping somebody tonight. So, there's two ways God can sustain us. God removes the burden. The cup passes from us. We're healed of the sickness or infirmity. Our persecutors taken out of the way. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. He alleviated the family's grief. God healed Job. And he gave him his family again, restored his wealth. But he can also help us bear the burden. And so while this is difficult for, for us, often God's will to, it's not God's will for, to completely remove a burden that we're bearing. God's abiding promises remains the same even in these times. And so God, you say, what type of, of burdens are these? God preserved the New Testament church in persecution. The cup was not removed from Jesus in the garden, but the angel did strengthen him. Is that right? Paul's thorn was not removed, but God's grace was sufficient. God told him, said, you know what? My grace is sufficient. And in temptation, God makes a way of escape that we may be able to bear it. So in times when we're dealing with things, God's going to give you that extra special help and say, okay, I'm going to help you bear this burden. Come on, I'm, I'm talking to someone here tonight. I'm teaching you tonight that God will help you if you'll let him. God will help you. And I'm, I'm at the end and so we have to trust the Lord and do good. We have to delight ourselves in the Lord. This is Psalms chapter 37. We are to commit our way unto the Lord. Say, okay, God, I'm committing this to you. We are to rest in the Lord. We are to cease from anger. We are to wait upon the Lord. And we are to mark the, perf the perfect person and behold the upright. There is, there is people that God will put in your life that will strengthen you. This word perfect doesn't mean that they got everything all together, but they are mature in Christ and they'll help you. Get a hold of that person. Become their friend. Become their, uh, talk to them. Call them up on the phone. You say, well, nobody ever calls me on the phone. Why don't you call somebody on the phone?
that, that monkey can go two ways. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Is that what it says? That's what the Bible says. If you're going to have friends, show yourself friendly. Be friendly. Somebody's phone's going off. Praise God. It must be time. Amen. So we know how God wants us to deal with life's burdens. Amen. And I'm done teaching tonight, preaching. And I just, I want us all to stand. And life's burdens are real, but why don't we just lift our hands right now and say, God, I'm going to place my burdens upon you. God, I'm going to bear those burdens that I know I have to carry. And God, you're going to give me the grace to carry them. God, I thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. God, I want to help my brothers and my sisters, God, to bear their burden, oh God. I want to lift up the hands that hang down. Oh, in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. God, I thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Hallelujah. Come on, saint of God. Oh, hallelujah. Just lift your voice to the Lord right now. Tell the Lord, God, I need your help right now. I need the renewing of the Holy Ghost. I need the strength of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Oh, praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, glory to God, glory to God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I praise your name, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to your name, glory to your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name, God. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Hallelujah.